1: Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Well, let's pray. Father, we're so glad to be here this morning on this first day of the year. Lord, to be in your house, to be in your presence, to be a where we should be, as that song says, then we shall be what we should be and we will be where we would be. And so here we are, Lord, in your house this morning with uh, open ears, open heart, ready to receive from you. And so, Lord, don't disappoint us. You never do this morning as we look to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 27, verse 11 is our section this morning. Matthew 27, verses 11 through 25. That's gonna be the, that's a piece of meat that's set before us this morning, you know. (laughs) And we're gonna eat this. All right, Matthew 27, verse 11. Jesus stood before the governor. The governor asked him, saying, art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus said unto him, thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered, nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? He answered him, To never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. I just want to point out that that word marveled means admired. Now at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. They had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas, and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, let him be crucified. And the governor said, why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more saying, let him be crucified. When Pilate saw he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water, washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I'm innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, his blood be on us and on our children." Now, we're not gonna cover all that's in this past this section here, but it's very useful to see the whole context. Now, and this is great that we're here today, why? It's the first day of the new year today. How much better could it be that God has arranged for us that we should be diving into the account of the sufferings of the Lord Jesus? It's as if God was saying to us, I want your whole year of 2023 to be set in motion with a focus on the sufferings and the death of Jesus Christ, so that we can have a year of seeing the intense love that God has for us, why? Because of 1 John three 16, 1 John three sixteen. hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Romans 5, 8, Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Because of 1 John 4, 9, 1 John 4, 9, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him hearing his love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Because of John 15, 13, John fifteen thirteen, where Christ said, greater love it doesn't exist. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. Now, as we now are getting into the the details of the sufferings, and we're going to read these accounts uh, like we're starting to read now, there's many reactions that, that are to this passage. There's the reaction of how horrible this is, how unjust, how this never should have happened, that's one reaction, to another reaction of poor person, poor fellow, I feel so sorry for him, to another reaction, I'm so angry at those that did this to Jesus. But for us, among all those reactions, the correct response for us from seeing the, so vividly because we search for a response and obviously it's going to elicit emotions in us as it should and as we search among the myriad of emotions from anger to pity to shock, we search for an emotion. The one emotion that we should grab a hold of as we study the sufferings of Christ is he didn't have to do this. He didn't have to endure all of this he willingly endured all of this. He suffered all this for me. He died for me. This is love for me. Now, here on this stage of his sufferings, we read in verse 11, our first verse. In verse 11, Jesus stood before the governor. That's a scene, that's a picture there. Jesus stands bound as a prisoner before the Roman governor. He's a prisoner before the judge. Jesus Christ is standing here representing us. He is receiving our sentence of condemnation. He will be tortured and executed in our place. Or as Abraham said on that Mount Moriah when he had Isaac, in the stead of. And so in verse 11, he's standing there in our place. He stands there, he's got his head up, and it's so different from us, because in our sins, we cannot stand before God because our sins drag our head down. In our sins, we had no better chance of standing before God as did that publican in the temple where we read in Luke 18, 13, Luke 18, 13, the publican standing afar off would not lift so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Because of our sins, that publican could not stand before God, and he stood a long way off, and he couldn't even lift up his eyes because of his sins, rather, his sins, and were the same, ashamed, just like Peter, who fell down before Christ, filled with shame for his sins in Luke 5.8, Luke 5.8, where it says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, for I am a sinner, Sinful man, O Lord. Just like Ezra, the prophet Ezra, whose face turned red when he looked, and as he looked down because of sins, because of his sins in Ezra 9.5, Ezra 9.5, and at the evening sacrifice I arose from my heaviness, and having rent my garment and my mantle, I fell upon my knees, spread out my hands unto the Lord my God, and said, oh my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift up my face to thee, my God, for our iniquities are increased over our head and our trespass is grown up unto the heavens. Just like Job, when Job saw God, Job saw God, he says he did, and when he saw God, he said he hated himself. In Job 42.5, Job 42.5, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. I mean, these are the people that we are like. We are like that publican. We are like Simon Peter. We're like Ezra. We're like Job. These are the people that show us clearly how unable we are in our sins to stand before the great eternal judge of our souls. But here in verse 11, we see that great eternal judge of our souls being judged. We see Jesus Christ standing before the Roman judge, Pontius Pilate, and Christ stands. And as Christ stands, we see he's standing there and we realize the only reason he can stand there and the only reason that we'll be able to stand before God, so unlike Jesus Christ, holding up his head because Jesus Christ is so unlike us because he had no sins. He had no sins, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He stood, we cannot stand. He stood so that we can stand before God. So Christ, in verse 11, he's standing to be condemned for our sins so that we can be able to stand before God. And if Christ did not stand, In verse 11, as a sinless person to be a sacrifice to receive our condemnation, we'd never be able to stand before God as the hymn puts it. When I stand before the throne, dressed in beauty, not my own, when I see thee as thou art, love thee with unsinning heart, then, Lord, shall I fully know. Not till then, how much I owe. We'll be able to stand before God as our judge because Christ in verse 11 stood before the Roman judge and received the punishment for our sins. Now, it's a strange question that's put to Christ in Matthew verse 11, verse 11. It's very strange. The governor asked him saying, art thou the king of the Jews? He's bound, he's a prisoner. It's ridiculous, look seeming, to even ask this question because the governor, the Roman governor is looking at a a meek man who's bound as a prisoner and he's asking Christ, are you really the king of the Jews? The Jews were under the Roman king Caesar and Pilate is asking Christ, are you the one that supersedes Caesar? Are you the king of the Jews? He's asking Christ if he's the king of the Jews because this was an accusation against Christ. This is what he was accused of. This is what he will be condemned for. This is the sentence that will be over his cross, that he's the king of the Jews. And this is what the trial of Pilate is all about. It's all about whether Christ is really the King of the Jews. Christ has already gone through the trial of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish court, where his accusation was not whether he was the King of the Jews, it was, are you the Messiah? Are you God the Son? And he was condemned in that court, in that religious court, the Supreme Court of the Jews, for saying that he was the Messiah, that he was God the Son. Well now, He's facing the civil court, the civil authority of Rome, and his new accusation is that he's the king of the Jews. The body of the conversation between Christ and Pilate is given to us in another Gospel, in the Gospel of John. This part here is just a little part of it in Matthew when he's asked, are you the king of the Jews? But there's the expanded conversation which is very valuable for us in John 18, through 38. In John 18, through 38, we get the whole thing. And it says this, John 18, John 18, Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, art thou then the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it of me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then when my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews but now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, art thou a king then? Jesus answered, thou sayest that I'm a king. To this end was I born and for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that's of the truth hears my voice. Pilate saith unto him, what is truth? and when he said this he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto him i find in him no fault at all so pilate in that scene in this scene he enters into the judgment hall he sees christ standing there waiting for him and pilate comes right to the point with the accusation that's on the table in john 1833 john 1833 art thou the king of the jews now christ does what he has done so many times before as his fashion is he answers the question with a question he answers the question with a question and the question is in john 18:34 john 18:34 christ answered him sayest thou this thing of thyself or did others tell it the of me. So Christ is asking Pilate about himself. Christ is asking Pilate about Pilate. Christ is asking Pilate if Pilate has seen anything about Christ that would make Pilate conclude, oh, he's the king of the Jews. He's the king of the Jews. He's asking, he's probing, he's investigating, he's finding out. What's inside of you, Pilate? Pilate is asking Pilate if Pilate has any personal conviction inside of him that would lead Pilate to think on his own that Christ really is a king, the king, the king of the Jews. Now, Pilate knows that Christ is asking him if, on his own, Pilate has come to the conclusion that Christ is the king of the Jews. And so Pilate responds by saying, "A king of the Jews is not his king." Why? Because of John eighteen thirty five, John eighteen thirty five, Pilate answered, "Am I a Jew? I'm not a Jew." Now, with that answer, Pilate is telling Christ that a king of the Jews would not be his king because he's not a Jew. And when Pilate looks at Christ, Pilate sees a Jew. He sees a Jew. Pilate sees Christ as a Jew. And so Pilate tells Christ that as a Jew, book. In John 18:35, John 18:35, thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What have you done? So with those words, it's obvious that Pilate does not believe that Christ is the king of the Jews because Pilate tells Christ, look, your own Jewish people, the Jewish nation, have delivered you to me. Or it is that the Jewish nation have delivered their king, the king of the Jews, to a Gentile named Pilate to kill. Now we can only imagine when Pilate said those words, what thoughts went through Christ's mind as he heard again the truth from the lips of Pilate. He heard the truth again. It started it all out in John 11 John 11 He came unto his own, and his own received him not. When Pilate reminded Christ that his own people, the Jews, have not received Jesus as their king, so much so, not just not received, they delivered the king of the Jews to the Romans to destroy the king of the Jews. How at that moment, Christ must have thought when he heard Pilate say that, yes, I know. And my heart breaks for my own Jewish people, because they have no king. They've delivered me to you to be destroyed. And for thousands of years, they will have no king. Christ came unto his own as their king, and Christ own, the Jewish people, received Christ not as their king. And Pilate was telling Christ that, right at that moment. And Christ came unto his own as their Messiah, as the Messiah of the Jews, from God. And Christ's own Jewish people received Christ not as their Messiah and telling Christ that again. And how Christ must have thought. And my heart breaks for them. My heart breaks for the Jewish people as I can see that for thousands of years, my own Jewish people will cry out for the Messiah to come and we'll wait, and we'll wait, and we'll wait for their Messiah to come from God. And all the while, God will be saying, "I already sent him to you," and you turned him over to the Romans to kill him. And they were piercing words that Pilate said to Christ in John eighteen thirty-five. John eighteen thirty-five, when he said, "Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me." What have you done? And Christ thinks of the extreme sadness and mourning that the Jewish people will have to endure when they realize the truth of John 1.11, John 1.11, that he came unto his own and his own received him not. When the Jewish people realized that Jesus came to them as their own king, as their own messiah, and Christ's own Jewish people received him not as their king and not as their messiah, and that will bring in the day of Zechariah 12.10, Zechariah 12.10, when God says, I'll pour mercy upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the spirit of grace and supplication and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. They have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is bitterness for his firstborn. In that day there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem, as the mourning of Hadaremen in the valley of Megiddon. And the land shall mourn every family apart: the family of the house of David apart, their wives apart; family of the house of Nathan apart, apart, their wives apart; the family of the house of Levi apart, their wives apart; the family of Shimei apart, their wives apart all the families will remain, every family apart, and their wives apart. It will be a day when the wives will say, get away from me, I got to do this alone, I got to mourn and pour out my heart and grief to God alone. Jewish wives do not normally say that. Jewish wives say, bo, 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 come, 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 around me. But here they're saying, Go, 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 go. I have to cry alone. And the Jewish people were using the Romans to pierce the hands and feet of Jesus on the cross. They were using the Romans to put a sword into his side when he died on the cross. But when they realize what they've done in not receiving him, they will not say the Romans killed Christ. They will not say the Romans pierced Christ. They will not say the Italians did it. Their confession will be, Zechariah 12.10, Zechariah 12.10, they shall look upon mean who they have pierced. They're gonna say, we did it. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051 Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time